Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Weston Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Open your Bibles, please, to uh, Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11. Luke chapter 15, start in verse 11. If you would follow along with me, please. And then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And so he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, or gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all... There arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would uh, gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will rise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. And had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and he kissed him. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to be here today and to worship you. We thank you that that you are a God that we call Father. So watch over us today and keep us. Lord, open our hearts and open our minds and lead us in a direction that only you can lead. Because, Father, in all of it, the glory is yours. And we pray this in your most precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Please, uh, leave your Bibles open. Again, um, guys, happy Father's Day. It's that day that we, you know, get together once a year. I know I say that, I don't know, it's kind of funny. I, when, when it's Mother's Day, I, I always say, man, this is a day that, that every, every day ought to be Mother's Day. We ought to, we ought to be thanking our mothers for being, for being our mothers, for putting up with us. Um, and then when it comes down to fathers, um, I... I <laughs> 
<laughs> I was telling Shirley this morning, generally on Mother's Day, we thank mothers. On Father's Day, I always preach about how we ought to be better fathers. I, I'm not quite sure how that works, but that's, that's what I seem to, seem to do. But, you know, we're, we're here to, to um, just to give thanks to God for our fathers, for those who, who we have with us yet today, and for those that have passed away. Um, I, I hope, I hope in, in those that have, have passed away that, that today is a, is a good day, that today is a day that, that you remember your dad and, and that, you know, it brings back, you know, good memories. Um, my dad, um, he was the greatest. Jeez, um, you would think after this many years I could, I could do this. Um, uh, it's not as bad as having to preach the same year that he passed away on Father's Day, but, but you know, he really was. He was, he, was a, he was a great dad. And I always said that if I could be half the dad he was, I'd be doing, doing a pretty good job. And, you know, I mean, there were a lot of things that, that we did, but, you know, um, we weren't, I guess we would say we were probably middle-of-the-road type, you know, financially and, and all, um, as I was growing up. I didn't know the difference when I was a kid, what, what, you know, fi- financially, where we were. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, we might have been poor as could be. I, I, I don't know. But, you know, the thing is, is that whatever, whatever my parents, whatever dad... Um, Whatever they they gave me as far as a gift goes, or or at Christmas time, or or anything like that, do you know what I remember more than anything is the time. I remember the time that that he spent with me. I remember the times that that we went and did things together. That's what a kid remembers. They don't remember. They don't remember that you that you didn't pay bills one month so that you could give them some kind of a present. They don't remember that. Actually, ask them that the next year. They don't remember. What'd you get for Christmas last year? I don't know. I don't know what I got. But but you know when there's time and and maybe maybe it takes a while to sink in. But within time, you and and you probably know this. I'm probably preaching to the choir except that the choir's down here. But, you know, you know what you remember the most about, about what was given you. I mean, I, re- I remember more than anything going to, um, going to ball games with my dad, going to Detroit to, to watch the Tigers. Um, it, was, uh, it was an awesome time. Um, uh, it was just the time that we spent. And, and you know, listen... Um, when I needed to get paddled, I, I got paddled. Um, it, that's, that's because it was deserved. It, it wasn't. <laughs> I hear all the dads going, yeah, get them. It's, but, it's, but when I got paddled, I didn't get beat on or anything like that, but I got, I got paddled. When I was growing up, dad was my dad. He was, he was my dad. When, when I got older, Dad became my friend. You know, that's, that's how this is supposed to work. Um, wisdom, good grief. Um, 
you know, um, there was, he was, he was, a, he was a smart guy. Um, you, you know, he kind of, he kind of knew, he knew me well enough um, to know that, that when I make mistakes, not to throw it up at me, you know, not to let, let, let it go, to let it go. When you make mistakes, let it go. He always used to say that, that whenever I took the car out for a drive, before I had my own car and I would drive their car, you know, when I was going out at night or whatever, and he'd, he'd get in it the next day and say, man, this car feels loose. What did you do to it, you know? <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I, I remember the, the, the night that I was racing with it and, and um, ah, lost control. <sighs> this is the first time Dad's ever heard this. <laughs> yeah, I tell it. Yeah, but yeah, he probably heard it then. But I, I lost control of the car and I jumped a ditch and put this thing way out into the middle of a field somewhere. And and why it didn't roll? Why it it? I gee, I don't know. But but I pulled it over onto a side road and back around and, and you know, went home. Well, eventually went home. And, and uh, man, that thing should have rolled. Well, the next day, um, Dad says to me, um, where's my hubcap? <laughs> and uh, I said, well, I don't know. Well, what path did you take last night? I went, well, we can, yeah, I'll, I'll show you where we went. And I remember riding in the car as he's driving along. Yeah, we went here and went there. And I remember driving by that field going, yeah, like I'm going to take him out there, you know. And so, <laughs> so I, I don't know what happened to it, Dad. It just, it just came off. I, and I know for kids, I, I know you probably don't know what a hubcap is, but it's... it's uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad, but, you know, it's... But a lot of things, you know, as you grow older, a lot of things that you've done, um, they always seem to come out. My, my brothers had one, one summer of just squealing on me um, about everything that I ever did. And, and, of course, I was, you know, older and married and all that stuff, and, and we went over to visit Mom and Dad one day, and they're all... Wow, did you really do all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, I, I really did. Thanks, bros. You know, they, they just squealed on me about everything. But, you know, he had wisdom. He did. He knew how... I think, I think Dad knew. I wouldn't have surprised me if he knew where that hubcap was. With all the tracks out in that field, you know. He probably knew where it was. There was... There was things I don't think that, that uh, uh, I don't think I was as smart as I thought I was. I think he probably knew a lot more about what I was up to than, than I ever admitted. But, uh, but you know, that's why I kind of chose today's scripture. And, you know, because, uh, you know, we've all been there. We're always, we're, we're the kids. Um, with thinking about your dad. And, and thinking about what you always thought you were pulling over on them or, or you know, honestly, I, I, I love to watch kids today because they do go through that stage of 
there's there you go through you know mom and dad and then all of a sudden mom and dad become the stupidest things that ever walked on two legs and then and then after that <laughs> after that all of a sudden they're 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 geniuses <laughs> you know you find out that they really do know what they're talking about but you have to go it's it's almost a stage of life it, it's 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 a uh, um it's just part of growing up that, that mom and dads, you know, they, they go right along with it. And, and uh, I'm, it's, it's just the way, that's the way it is. This, this scripture today is about, about a prodigal son. It's about a genius, uh, the young genius in the family, and who figures out that he isn't a genius after all. Um, but it's, you know... As the scripture goes, and as it's it's um, reading here, it's it's you got to see how it begins, and and how a man had two sons, and, and there, there is an older, there's a responsible son, um, one who maybe uh, maybe didn't go through the stupid stage or whatever, but but there there's there is a there's another sermon that can be preached about him. But, but uh, there is an older son and the younger one. The older one seemed to do most of the work and, and, and the younger one did most of the talking. He was, he was the brain out of the family. And, and, you know, he was less responsible. He was bordering probably on, on knucklehead. You know, he was just, he knew everything. And, and that's, but that's who he was. And the older brother, you know, does all the work. But... The younger one, and just let me know if, 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 this, if you've been there, uh, and I've been there, that the younger one always knew that the grass was greener on the other side. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? You know, it's, it's always better someplace else. And, you know, some, a lot of times that happens with, with younger kids, um, but a lot of times that's with adults, too. Adults do this. Sometimes they never get over that thinking that, that it, it's, it's always, the grass is always greener on, on the other side and never satisfied with what you have. Um, things are always better over there. And, and it's not. It's not. Every place has its own set, of, own set of issues. But, you know, which is why, you know, you look at the younger son and, and he comes to the dad and he says, I want my half of the inheritance not even waiting for dad to die. He just says, Dad, I, I know that this is going to, um, uh, we're, we're going to split this up one day. And so I want you to, to give me what I am going to get uh, when you die. Because listen, you're going to die anyway, right? Okay. So why don't you give me that now so I can enjoy that now? And uh, as scripture tells us, um, the younger son moves to a far country. Dad gives him what he wants. Dad's wise. Dad knows that there's going to be a lesson in this. And, and so he gives him what he wants, and, and the younger son takes it, and he moves off to a far country. Now, what is the idea of the far country in Jesus' parable? Because that's, that's what this is. You see, the thing is with, with Junior here, um, the far country means that Junior had to go and he had to live on his own. 
I always love it when, when a kid today will say, I'm moving out, and they move into the basement. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, they still got mom and dad's roof over their head and everything, but, but n- that's not how this one went. Junior had the inheritance, and he moved to a far country. In other words, he moved out of the house. He was out from under the roof. He was out from under um, the protection of, of his father. And he moved into a far country, someplace where he was responsible for his own stuff. If, if Junior drove to the far country... Junior had to pay for his own gas. He had to pay for his own insurance. He had to pay his rent. He had to... You got it? Okay. That's what he did. Problem is with Junior, though. Um, Junior had a different idea of what it was going to be like to live on his own. If I'm doing your life history here, I'm sorry. (laughs) But... He had to find out what it was like to live on his own. And his idea of living on his own was that every day was a party. And it was going to be a party. And don't you worry about paying for a thing because I got my inheritance and I'm going to pay for everything. And you know something? There's one way to have friends. And that's to buy it all. And that's to be Mr. Party. And and everything that, that you want to do, don't you worry about it. I'll pay for it. Junior... Junior had buddies all over the place. Everybody wanted to be Junior's friend. He lived a party. And, but you know, sooner or later, because that was his life, sooner or later, the funds ran out. And when the funds ran out, guess what? So did his friends. And there he was. Stuck, in an, uh, stuck with an insurance bill that he couldn't pay, gas he couldn't buy, um, rent that he couldn't pay for. Junior was stuck. He was stuck in a faraway land. And the only thing that Junior had left at that time, and it was waning quickly, was that he had his pride. You don't buy a loaf of bread with, with pride. You don't put gas in the tank with, with pride. See, Scripture tells us that there was a famine in the land. And seeing that this is a parable, um, this famine in the land, I think, was probably a shortage of, of funds. <laughs> the famine in the land was a shortage of, of money. I don't think things necessarily got dry and there was no water or anything like that. I think the famine in the land was Junior's famine in, in the land. And so he had to go out. He, ha- he finally got to the point where he realized that he's, he's going to he's gonna have to do something. And so he goes out and he gets himself a job. He, he goes to a citizen. And the citizen sends him out into the fields. In other words, he goes to a guy. He asks him for a job. The guy gives him a job. And his job is to be out in the field and <laughs> feeding pigs. Feeding pigs. Now, you've you got to understand, there's, somehow I, I think Jesus must have giggled on this one when he, when he told this parable because how bad had things gotten? Is the little Jewish boy that, that was, was having a tough time was sent out into the fields to feed pigs. Uh, that's how bad it actually got. See, Jews and pigs don't mix, okay? That, that doesn't work that way. Okay, all right. 
So that's, that is how, how bad it had actually gotten. He was down to feeding pigs. And he was so hungry. You know, maybe there was a, a, a two-week wait on his first check or something. I, I don't know. But he was hungry. And here he is slapping the pigs. And he's going, man, I'm hungry. And, and what the pigs are eating is better than I have in my own cupboard because I got nothing. And here I am feeding these pigs. Things look pretty bleak. Things look rough. All of a sudden, he's not so smart anymore. At least in his own mind. Things are certain. Guys, have you ever been in your own circumstances where you went in and, and, and you knew everything there was to know? That you were self-assured of, of, of your abilities to be able to do anything that you wanted to do. And then all of a sudden it all came apart. The wheels came off. And all of a sudden you realize, maybe I'm not quite right. Maybe what I'm doing isn't, maybe that isn't the right way to go. That's where Junior was at. The wheels came off of, of Good Time Charlie or Good Time Junior. You know, it, it just it wasn't the same. All of a sudden, his friends had left. He's feeding pigs. Things look pretty bleak. Life is not, is not what, what it seemed it should be. Now, I said before that there's, there are a couple ways of looking at, at, this, at this scripture. And let me, um, let me go back over what I, something I had read before. Going back to verse 15, where it says, And then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the field to feed the swines, the swine, and he would uh, gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. But no one gave him anything. There was no help. All his friends had left. All the money he had spent on his friends, they weren't returning the favor. Okay? And he would, uh, sorry, 17. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and, and to spare? They got extras. And I perish with, with hunger. I will arise and, and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Humility. Humility came upon this, this young man. All of a sudden, all the things that he knew, he didn't know no more. Life was not fair all of a sudden. And humility came to him. Humility came to him. You could say, you know, this young man got what he deserved. You could say that. You know, sometimes you have to live through the mistakes that, that you make. You, you, you have to realize that, that what you've done, you've got to live through. And hopefully, hopefully, you live through it. Hopefully you do. But you've got to live through what, through what you've done. Um, you know, maybe, maybe as you looked at the story, you could say that the kid got just what he deserved. You'd be right. He did get what he deserved. There wasn't anybody there to help him. 
And, and there is, you know, and it is true. Guys, and it's a, and it's, it's, a, it's a truth in life. You reap what you sow. You do. You give, you give anger, you receive anger. You know, you, who you are, it, and it's such, a, it's, it's such a common thing to, to, to say that, that uh, um, whatever you, however you want to be treated is how you need to treat people. And, and so, but if, if you are, if you've got your, your nose in the air, if you're better than anybody, if, if nobody is good enough for you, guess what? That's, you know, it might not happen right away, but it's coming back at you. And that's what's going to happen. And, and that's what this young man was saying. You know, it's, you do, or he wasn't saying it, but he was realizing it. You reap what you sow. See, the first way to look at this parable is, is, is to have the father say, his dad say, because he's starting to realize that he's made a mistake. But in, in one way of looking at it is to say, you know, young man, I was right, you were wrong, and I'll never let you forget about it. See, that's what the father could have done. The father could have done that could have said, I was right. Listen, you listen to the old man. I was right, you were wrong. Don't ever do something like this, this again. And, so, and sometimes, guys, sometimes it's hard not to do that. And ladies. But sometimes when someone has made a mistake and you've watched them make the mistake, listen, my dad, he watched me make mistakes. And did he try to warn me? Yeah, in hindsight, you know, I could have seen it. But, but when I made the mistake, he didn't come back pointing his finger at me. And that's not what this father did. He didn't come back pointing his finger at, at the son. You know, this, this thing of not being able to let... What is that? Dead dogs lie? Let, uh, whatever, whatever it is... Rather than letting it go, we got to keep bringing stuff up. You made this mistake, didn't you? You made the mistake. Do you see what happens? Next time, no. That's not, that's not what happened. And this happens in families all the time. It happens all the time. But the Lord Jesus gives us this parable to teach us a lot of different lessons. And here's another way of looking at this story. Looking over at, at, at 1520... Where it says, and he arose and came to his father. He went back to his father. He went back to his father. Humility got to him. Probably an empty stomach got to him. He realized what he had done, and he goes back to the father. And he arose and he came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Guys, this isn't a hug. It's not a hug. This is a father who came to him and fell on his neck. This is someone who was looking for him. (laughs) Dad was looking for him. He was waiting for him. He was waiting for him. You see... 
He knew that the boy would be back. If, if his decision hadn't, wouldn't kill him, he knew that he would be back. And his father waited expectantly. He waited for him. And as scripture says, he was a long way off and his father saw him. His father saw him before the kid ever saw the father. And he ran to him, and he fell on his neck. In other words, guys, he just draped himself over this kid. And he loved on him. And he loved his son. And, and, and he, he never gave up on him. Guys, I, I think maybe that's more important than anything. He never gave up on him. And when he didn't give up on him, the only thing he could do was to throw himself on his son's neck. You see, look at verses 21 through 24. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this is my son who was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. He was lost, but now he's found. And they began to be married together. Guys, do you, do you see? What good would it have done if when Junior came back to him, Dad stood there and said, Hey, I know what you did. I know what you did. And, and made him pay for what had happened. For the whole situation. What would have happened if, 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 that had, if that had been that way? But it wasn't. What does the father do? Does he hammer him? No. He pulls out the barbecue grill. And he says, let's eat. Let's, let's rejoice. My son, this son, has, has returned. He's come back. He's come back. And you know, you, sometimes you look at something like that and you say, you know, in all reality, this kid just blew half the family fortune. I'm not quite so sure I could, be, I could be, forgive him that easily. Listen, guys, what you, you know, you've got to understand what Jesus is saying here. And this story, that, this parable that, that he is talking about here, he's... This is a double meaning here. And, and what he's really talking about, the father in this story, is God the father. It's God the father. It's God. And you know who the son is? It's you. You're the son. Son, daughter, whatever it might be. And the father who, who took that son back that took him and fell on his neck and worship, just worshipped the ground that he was standing on that, and, and called for the fatted calf and said, let's barbecue this thing and let's have a great time. Let's, make, let's, let's just make merry. My son is back. Is what God did for you. Hate to say it, guys. But that dumb kid is us dumb kids. We run off and do whatever we want to do. And when we come back to the Lord, when we come to the Father, 
There is, and it says it in Scripture, there is rejoicing in heaven. They're having the fatted calf up there whenever you came back to the Lord, and that's just exactly what this is. Just exactly what this is. Guys, the day that you said yes to Jesus, there was rejoicing in heaven. They was rejoicing. And God did not stand there and say, yeah, well, I know what you did. You need to know what you did. It was an unconditional love that he had for us. And he welcomed us back into the fold. Welcomed us back in, into, the, into the family. You see, guys... You can look at this and, and, and just leave it, as, leave it with the family and just say this is a great lesson for, for guys and, and their sons and their daughters and all of that. Yes, it is. But you've got to understand that what this story is really about is about you and your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it's really about. It's about un, un, um, unconditional love. It's about not having to... to it's about not having to, to have your past and your sins thrown up in your face every time that you turn around because you've been forgiven. And, it's, and your, your cares, your sins, your transgression, all of it is separated as far from you as the east is from the west. And it never has to be spoken of again. See, God tells us how to be good parents. He really does, because that's how he treats us. There isn't one of us here that is deserving of him, but yet that unconditional love calls us to him. You see, dads, the relationship that you have with your kids is some of the most precious that you'll ever have. Those kids, if they haven't disappointed you yet, they're going to. They're going to. It's not if, it's when. They will. It happens. So how do you handle those disappointments? Is, that's the key in all of this. That's the key. See, um, my dad never threw my mistakes back up into my face. He never did. And man, he sure could have. I mean, he had a lot to choose from. Knucklehead. But he didn't. And, and I thank him for that. I, I thank him, though, because maybe he took his lead from the God who forgave him unconditionally for who he had been. You see? That's the way, that's the way this works. Dads, love your kids. Love your kids the way your heavenly Father loved you. <laughs> it's the greatest example that you could possibly have. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for loving us. And Lord, I, I know uh, in each of our lives, Father, if we're sitting here and listening to this and if we're being honest with ourselves, we know, we know we don't deserve you. There is no way. 
but yet there is an unconditional love that you have for us. And all we ever had to do was to say, I believe in what Jesus Christ did for me. To know that, that God our Father raised him from the dead. And, and we can be saved. And that all of, all of what we have ever done in our lives, and it doesn't matter what we've done, what we're doing, nothing, that it can be forgiven just like that. Father, you, you, are, you are the true Father. You are Abba, Daddy. You are... There's a relationship with you that is just unbelievable. Father, touch, touch our hearts. Let us look to you in what it takes to be parents, to be grandparents, um, what, to have relationships, period. Father, we just we look to you in all of it. Father, bless us as only you can. Touch the hearts in, in this congregation that need to be touched today. And in all of this, we'll give you the glory because you're worthy of it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.